Y'all, welcome back. I am so excited right now because uh, Gabe is here to talk about something that, I mean, admittedly, I don't fully understand. And if you've been listening for some time now, you you know that pretty much all the topics we've covered I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand a lot, but thankfully Gabe is here to help me with that. So y'all buckle up because tonight we're going to dive into NFTs. Um, I, before we even do that, honestly, dude, because like you've been on the show plenty of times, but it has been a minute. So just in case, before we dive into you know like crypto and NFTs and all this, all the stuff that I don't fully understand, here's what I do understand, bruh. I understand personalities. You ready for a little personality <laughs> quiz? Oh, bring it. Here we go. All right, uh, Gabe. First question: Would you call yourself a computer guy? Yeah. 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 How long have you been into the the the, the computer adores? Oh boy, man! I mean, I, I definitely saw the cool factor. I guess whatever it was, fifth grade, we had like a little computer class, and there was a chat feature on it, and and I started my first Rocket Mail Ooh. account, okay, <laughs> which I still keep as my screen name to this day. Yeah, you do. And I'd I love, love to it. say it. I don't want to say it because it just uh, that you ain't trying to yeah. expect. I mean, hey, look, we, dude, we got a lot of followers now, bro. We're 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 uh. we're, we're long ways from the days of, of twelve followers. We're up to you right know, on. we're up to fourteen, bro. We're killing it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, like as long as I've known you, you have kind of been into like the computer stuff. Like I remember at mm-hmm. least playing like Counter Strike and stuff with you in junior high. But like <laughs> you've never really stopped. That was pretty much that was my peak computer skills. You, you, nice. You've kind of been pushing this thing for a while, right? Yeah, I, I did take a break when um, when I was in Phoenix for three years. Um, and I guess college, I didn't play a whole lot of computer games. I played console at that point. And, um, and then a few years in Phoenix, I didn't have time. I was working like crazy. But I have gotten since way back into it. Like yeah. built my own gaming rig, got into crypto, had a mining rig. Like, yeah. And you do like like video editing like on the side. Like, like you, you, are, you are in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My desk setup is I have my work computer on my left and it's a it's a a corner desk and then what i'm looking at you on right now is a big old 34 inch wide screen that's my gaming rig and then i rotate another 45 degrees and here's my video editing machine it is great i love it see and i I am as far from that as you can be while still at least having to participate in the internet obviously but like i got uh i'm in a nba fantasy league with like eric and dylan and some other people uh and they were like yeah we're gonna download discord so you gotta get discord on a computer and i was like well i can't because i don't own a computer i only have my work laptop that i'm looking at you on right now that has like a i think it's a massive nine inch screen is what i is what i'm rocking so i mean (laughs) i literally like i can't i don't know i don't understand so anyways would you call yourself a crypto bro oh man I would only be so honored to hold such a <laughs> title or be considered in such a way. So it, it, where, where you're from, where the social circles you hang out at, is that, is that seriously like not an insult? No, that's an insult. But, okay. um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy to wear it because, I mean, people, my friends know like, oh, yeah, he's the annoying crypto guy. My, <laughs> my family is all like, okay, let's see who says Bitcoin first at the table this year at Thanksgiving. Bet it's going to be him. <laughs> Which, for the record, it was not me this mm-hmm. year. So nailed it. I'm sure as somebody, as soon as somebody said it though, you, you jumped on, I'm guessing. Thank you. Thank you. Bull market. I attribute that to the bull market, but yeah, of course I'm going to jump on it. It was down, down for Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was a very weird time because I, yep. I was ready to pump a lot of stuff and push things. I was like, you know what? Maybe not, not the time. We'll get back to that, but it's <laughs> funny you say down, down. Well, yeah, down as far as I know, because I've only been following this for like three months, not down. Oh, like, no, $40,000. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> like say that four it's years insane. ago. Insane. Seriously. Oh no, you can buy a car with one of them as opposed to when you could used to buy them for like a dollar or less. And it's crashed. It's crashed. It's all oh, over. It's over. It's over, bro. Squeeze the squoze. Done. It's done. Done. All right. Uh, are you? Would you call yourself a cat? Whoa. Like what is that? Like a like a bobcat. Oh, eat them up, cat. Like yeah, hell yeah, eat them up, cats. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Forever. Come on, T State. That's where I graduated, so I'm gonna pretend like I always wanted to go there. Eat them <laughs> up, cats. No. All right. So personality officially covered. Everybody listening, you now you know Gabe. Good guy. So, what are? I mean, just kind of in your social circles, what what is the the prevailing sentiment about the concept of NFTs? You know, like in your your computery folk circles, what, what's the you know what's the word? What's the gossip? Sure. Um, so the com- <laughs> the computery folk, I love that term. The crypto so bros that, that I yeah, roll with, bros. yeah, whatever. Yeah, those people that I roll with, and and really the the guy that got me into it, um, they're more from the traditional investing side. Um, they've just become crypto bros. Um, that's so they're they're less into NFTs because those are that's like collecting artwork for them yeah. rather than trading stocks, which is a world that they know better. Hmm. So, so they see it just as an investment plan. I mean, regardless of it, you, you call it a paper stock, you can call it a, you know, a brick and mortar stock, you can call it a crypto thing. It's still just, they expect to put money in and take more out later that that's all they're doing. No. Oh, um, so they're crypto. <clears throat> that's kind of one of the cool things that I love about crypto is there's more than just buy it number, go up, take it out later there is that option you can do that and that is a perfectly fine strategy that has worked very well for a lot of people (laughs) plenty of people um but no that's not it because um there's a lot of other stuff you can do with various cryptocurrencies depending on which one it is depending on what that crypto is supposed to do or is written for um i guess for example like bitcoin you buy you hold that's about it you can pay Hmm. for stuff that's about it. Um, you can break it up into little bitty tiny pieces. You can mine it. It's super decentralized. It's great. It's the OG. But um, that's pretty much it. Rather, But what really sold me in the first place on the idea of crypto was Ethereum because uh, the guy that sold me on the whole idea at a uh, Halloween party back in 2017, he was like, yeah, but Ethereum, you can mine with your graphics card in your computer and it's programmable money. And my brain just exploded. I was like, wait, what? And so there's opens up a lot more options into gaming, into um, different types of investing and savings strategies that you can actually use crypto to participate in rather than just buy and hold. It's a, you can have it much, much more hands-on if you want, but there's still a steep learning curve to all this stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, you tried the other day. I asked you. I was, I was really sorry, trying, Joe. Yeah, dude. No, dude, I tried. I, I swear <laughs> to God, I tried my best. And I text Vance. I was like, Vance, dude, I, I feel like an absolute idiot. Gabe gave me mean? step by step, and I got nothing. He goes, Oh, same. Like I don't know. I, yeah. like, we both tried, yeah. and I got. I now I do now own Ethereum. So I'm proud of myself. I can cool. say that I, I own Ethereum. But that's nice, nice. that's all I got, dude. I don't know how. When you say it's programmable, I don't even know what that means. Honestly, like that. that what what made your head explode in excitement makes my head go what in confusion. <laughs> So I guess the how, the how it started for Ethereum was a guy named Vitalik Buterin when he's he was about I think he was like 20 or something I mean he was a kid he still is but um, he was playing his favorite game World of Warcraft 
And the Solid. developers at the time nerfed one of his favorite um, spells from his favorite character, Gul'dan. He's a he's an orc mage warlock thing. I'm sorry, he's I, got... I gotta stop you already. I'm sorry. Nerfed is a verb. Ner- yeah, nerfed. So this is this is more computer guy lingo. Okay, hey, computer nerf... guy here. So nerf nerf guns, which yeah. we played lots of oh, and we loved. If lots. you shoot Still someone do. with a nerf gun, not Still hurting. Are. But uh, I mean, it's because it's it's foam. Just huh, okay. Oh, oh, you mean it's oh, it's perfectly so, perfect, purposefully soft is what you're trying yes. to say. Oh, yes. okay. So okay. they they nerfed it. They they transformed this awesome hard hitting spell into oh, a freaking nerf gun. Gotcha. So yeah, gotcha. They they nerfed his favorite spell, and he was so mad about that that he said, "Why are why is some asshole at Blizzard Studios just able to all of a sudden?" Say, okay, I command, you're not allowed to have this awesome thing anymore. Um, that's not fair. So he, good question. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, also into economics, also a student of Bitcoin, and said, well, I think we need to make it more open, um, more open sourced, and more open playing field crypto. And so he created Ethereum. So Interesting. That's kind of the... The ethos of Ethereum is that anybody can build on it. You want to make a coin, you can use it on Ethereum. So it's it's just uh, they call it the internet computer, right? Like you can uh-huh. build anything you want on Ethereum. You can build a family unit as as a a DAO, a distributed autonomous organization. You can build one of those. You can put your family on the blockchain if you want with Ethereum. A business, whatever, doesn't yeah. matter. See, that's, I just like the way your brain works and how much more in tune with the modern day you are. Because you said it's like the Internet's computer where I was literally about to say it, it's, it's like, like Tetris or like building blocks for the computer. It, I, I was going to say it, it's like, you know, like Jenga or, or, or like you know, old school wooden blocks, building blocks, whereas you instantly thinking of, uh, you know, the Internet's computer. You're just, a, you're just a more technologically savvy person than me is obviously what yeah. I'm trying to say. If I said um, Internet's computer, I meant world computer. I don't know. But yes, I mean, whatever. yeah. Yeah, same, same thing. Word, but yeah. no, I, I like this guy. What was his name again? Vin Vi- Vitalik Buterin, V I T A L I K, and gotcha. you'll, it'll fill it in. Google will autofill, uh, but Google might not have it. You'll have to bing it. So, so Vincent ibuprofen joke. is the man. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's, exactly. he's, but he's like he has like an evil villain like origin story. Like he he, he did it out of <laughs> out of anger, which I appreciate. I can respect that a lot. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to stick it to the centralized power. You know, he. he yeah, he wanted power for Heck the masses, yeah. more distributed power system. I like it. Okay, so so anybody out there right now, if you've made this 10, 11 minutes in, wherever we are right now, and, and you still are, and admittedly, I am also hesitant on what NFTs can be. Right now, I think they're being presented more gimmicky, more more art collectory, to put it more in a fan. I, I liked your term earlier, but like it's, you know, it's just like monkeys and, and other little JPEG images being sold for some ridiculous prices. But I think that's... I think that's it's a very early on. It's a very base. It's just a very gimmicky way to present that. But here's what I want to do real quick. What I what I want to do is for anybody out there that still think it's gimmicky, because I admit I do too. But so many things we use right now, modern day life, were scorned originally. Inventions that are amazing and have revolutionized. I mean, literally the planet, life on Earth as we know it, were scorned originally. So I just want anybody out there to keep an open mind because things like the light bulb was hated at first. And this is, this is true. When Thomas Edison filed a patent for the electric light bulb, the British Parliament is quoted in 1878 making fun of him 
saying the light bulb might be good enough for our transatlantic friends, but it's unworthy of the attention of England and practical scientific men. It, this is the light bulb, guys. The light bulb that guaranteed every single one of you turned on and off a hundred times this week. That I have probably 15. I probably have more than that because my kids don't turn off shit. I probably have a hundred light bulbs going on in my house right now. And this is things that people originally said, oh, it's so gimmicky. It's just oh, it's so cute. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's insane. Gabe, do you get where I'm going with this? Like the, the idea that the future eventually fleshes out good ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of... Um... You know, the cab companies hate Uber, you know, yes. kind of stuff yes. going on. Which is um, ironic because taxis were hated originally. Also, this one's even better. I, I, I've got a couple of these. The shopping cart. The idea of a grocery store <laughs> shopping cart. Dude, get this. I'm not even kidding right now. The dude's name is Sylvan Goldman. He owned uh, a, a string of grocery stores in Oklahoma City in 1937. Google this guy. 1937, he owned a string of grocery stores in Oklahoma City, and he invented a shopping cart, and people made fun of it. People didn't use it. So after, like, however many weeks, Sylvan hired actors to push carts around the store to show people, hey, you absolute bass-ackward morons, this is a good idea. And when people saw other people doing it, then they... Dude, I'm not even... This is 100% true. This is 100% true. This is insane. This is how slow to evolve the general public is and i I don't mean necessarily evolve but just slow to adopt new ideas that the general public is are you googling right now because i'm not kidding at all like absolutely yeah i'm googling it's amazing that people just don't i mean dude even as far back as the 1500s i did a whole episode on coffee but coffee was 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 considered evil originally in the 1500s people tried to demonize coffee i mean nowadays starbucks is a 20 billion dollar company but yeah, back in the day, they were saying, boo, it's new. I don't like feeling awake. Boo, I don't like, like yep. Dunkin' Donuts, Caribou Coffee, Folgers. I mean, these are billions of dollars of company staples in modern life. We wouldn't, I haven't started my day without coffee in 10 years, probably more. <laughs> and the idea that back in the day, the original adopters had to push so hard to get people to be like, no, trust me, this is a good thing. So that's kind of, guys, anybody listening, like seriously, get your head into that kind of a space. Because I, I think, I mean, let's not even get into NFTs just yet. Let, let's just start here with like you know with with crypto again because I mean, and, and again, <laughs> let's start with crypto and please guys I'm gonna give you one more example here because this one if this one doesn't put the nail in the coffin for you then I don't know what to do airplanes all right in the year 1911 Ferdinand Foche F O C H was a French general during World War One and he said quote airplanes are interesting scientific toys hey at perfect timing. <clears throat> We are so lucky. Our French correspondent, our international correspondent, Ashley, has joined us just in time for me to, for me to make fun of a French guy. So, everybody, <laughs> keep, your, keep your mind open for what the future can bring. And, and an idea day one is rarely perfect. In fact, it's probably never perfect. So just, just keep in mind that eventually with time, things get better. Here, Ashley, just welcome. In the year 1911, Ferdinand Foche, I think, F-O-C-H, He's a French general during World War I, and he said of airplanes, quote, Airplanes are interesting scientific toys, but they are of no military value whatsoever, end quote. Motherfucking airplanes have no military. To think of that in today's, that is insane. To look back 100 plus years and be like, dude, you were so, so wrong. I think that's where we're at with crypto. I, I really 
really do. I don't know. I'm too dumb to understand all this stuff. Obviously, you, you listen to me try and correct Gabe or try to un understand Gabe's interpretation of these things, which clearly I can't. But let's start right here. And Ash, welcome to the show because you own crypto. Don't say dollar amounts. Nobody cares. I don't. I didn't want you to say. But how long have you been into crypto? When did you first start? And what what did you even buy? What, what hit me with your story? Yeah, I started with a little bit of everything. I just decided I wanted to. It was when. Let me think. It was like March of 2021, so almost coming up on a year. And um, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin. I bought a little bit of Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. I, I totally got um, scared as it took a dip in the summer of 2021. And I sold it all because I saw my numbers <laughs> going down. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go negative. Um, and then I just only bought back into Ethereum. So I only have Ethereum okay. right now. Um, it's going down too, like everything else. So I can't wait for Gabe to educate us on everything. <laughs> he already made fun of me. He already made fun of me for calling it a crash earlier. No, I didn't, not you specifically, because everybody says that, right? Like that's what the yeah, headlines show. It's just like, the it term. Crash. Yeah. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. Anyway, well, it's thanks to our dear friend Vance who yep. taught me with the GME wave, which I have one share of. Hey, just to be a it's part all you need. This, this nice. mess and follow. You're a billionaire. You can sell that for eight hundred trillion dollars. <laughs> one share. Um, he he was like, you know, he was like, you just it's gonna go up, it's gonna go down. You just gotta ride the wave. Like if you're in it, it's the long game. So I, I got yeah. my mind around the fact about just not not trying to get too touchy about it all so we'll see what like happens it. why did you pick ethereum to buy if you're only jumping back in on one what pulled you that way my minimal research and gut feeling <laughs> is what i'm you. going off of yeah that's how <laughs> i buy wine i just i don't know it looks good <laughs> whatever good enough right? um, <laughs> because I, I i thought that maybe bitcoin had like reached its peak and ethereum was going to be the next you know the next big one and just you know like i said yeah the the internet searching that i did it was at the time said it was poised to you know take over the the bitcoin space potentially and i and i mean again this is very basic basic knowledge but the mining that they've been doing and they up leveled and i knew they're like burning some coins off so it was going to okay. be a little bit more rare this like <laughs> yo you gave more than i literally bought ethereum because i knew you had it i was like i don't know I should, I'll, I'll get nice. i'll jump in yeah so gabe what was what was your reasoning for buying in like what it, originally what made you think that this thing has value this thing being whatever crypto you join like what you know what i mean hit me with why you started so lots lots of lots of questions for uh stuff racing through my head for me to unravel with that <laughs> um what started me on it um i guess what got me to jump in and what i thought was just the coolest thing ever was i could have a computer that I can build in my house and plug in, put the internet to it. And I'm smart. Like I can watch YouTube, right. And, and set up a mining program and I can literally stand at the foot of the money printer and hold yeah. my hands out like this. Like I, that, that concept blew my mind. And so I was like, I want in. So I, you know, I went out and built a mining rig and, you know, heated my little apartment with my brand new wife and she was pissed off in the summertime when it was hot inside. We were trying to go to sleep, but I said, no, oh, sweetie, you mean we are making Ethereum right now. She's like, that's not going to be anything. Well, 
Well, you just wait and see. That's you, when you say heated, I mean, this the machine that you use it to, to mine, or, and clearly I don't know, but it, it creates physical heat, like a room is hot. Oh, absolutely, because it's graphics cards, gra- like mm-hmm. gaming. The, like, you know why NVIDIA stock has gone insane? Yeah. It's because um, um, Ethereum mining and other, well, other coins, but mainly Ethereum. That's why. Yeah. I saw there was a run on NVIDIA you know, 3T100X, whatever the hell. Like, nobody could buy them. I don't know the number, but I'm sure you do. But, like, they, literally they sold out or whatever, and there was a huge run on them. And it, I didn't realize that's why, like, people are using them to mine. Is it, it just Ethereum? Cool. It's, if you've ever been, like, a data center, I mean, because for my job, I have a lot. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, need, you need to bundle up. they got to keep those things cool. So they yeah. keep the rooms, like, frosty. Yeah. Yeah. Well ventilated. I, I will say, since you asked that, I kind of forgot. I part of the reason why I did get into this too was I remember having some friends who were really ahead of this in 2013, 2014. Oh, wow. And they had bought like nominal amounts of Bitcoin and you know cashed out insane. Like everybody was like, "What is that?" You know, like totally yeah, thought it was, it was silly a joke back at then. That time. Yeah, this is really silly. And I think. Uh, the thing that I really shot myself in the foot for is because I remember in March of 2020, I had told myself, you know, again, I think Eric and I had talked about this before about why he got in. I was like, well, you reach a certain point in your life where you do, or you're very lucky and blessed enough to have a little bit of expendable money to play with. Yeah. It's definitely not always the case for me. <laughs> and in March of 2020, I told myself, I was like, I think I should buy one Bitcoin. And it was like seven grand. And then, of course, as everybody knows, it shot uh, up to like 60. Yeah. And I was just like, at that moment, I just thought, okay, I don't want to get left any more behind out of, out uh, of this. Like, I got I to gotta play. It's like buying the Powerball ticket. Just get in the game. But it, it's not, I mean, it is like buying the Powerball ticket, which I do every time it hits, you know, 500 million or whatever the absurd number is. But it's, it's a bigger, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger fear. It, it's FOMO. Like, it, it really is FOMO. It, it literally, the reason that I just bought Ethereum a couple weeks back, because I text Gabe to walk me through it, is FOMO. I just have fear of, like, that whatever, if I put in X today, if I wake up in five years and it's suddenly 10X or 20X, like, I'm, I'm, my stomach is going to say, Ash, I'm sure your stomach sank when you watch Bitcoin skyrocket. Like, that oh. type of, Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I, the I, I have the screenshot of the text that I sent my dad, and I was like, I'm thinking about just throwing in some money to this. And he was like, I don't know. It's super volatile. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's a good investment. Like, we can talk about other ways to use your money, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of scared me out of it. And I should have hey, just I, gone with my gut. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He Everything no, sure. up until that moment in his life had told him that that kind of stuff is insane. But well, and it was it, just about the start of the pandemic, which you know, is like, okay, well, do you really want to, like, do you really want to throw your money away and lose it? Like, nobody knows what the heck is going on in the world. But I will say part of, that was part of the reason that I thought about it too. I thought, okay, we're living in this world where we're all at home now. We're all been laid out on the same playing field globally. And it made sense to me in some way that a deregulated digital currency might actually kind of make sense. We're all yeah. buying stuff online. Everybody's yeah. getting their groceries delivered. Everybody's getting everything from Amazon. I was like, this seems like maybe we're headed. This is like all meant and to that's be. What Dude, and that's what I'm saying. I, I gave Before you showed up, I gave a couple of other examples. In fact, I'm going to throw another one. Uh, umbrellas were originally uh, laughed at. 
when and I forget I forget the guy's name because I didn't write it down, but a dude came back from France with the idea of a parasol, went to England and made like a you know a, a more manly one. I'm guessing all that means is just black because that's what I'm finding out with kids shit. If there's a girl thing that's pink, the boy version is either black or blue, and I'm guessing that's what he did. But people hated it originally in England, like one of the rainiest places in the entire world. People still hated on him for it, and now fast forward however many hundreds of years. Everybody owns an umbrella, obviously. Like it, these things, the, the the view of Bitcoin and Ethereum now, I think, will be laughable in a couple of decades. And here's what I mean. And this was crazy timing because Saturday I'm at uh, one of my kids' friends' birthday parties in a trampoline bounce house that I accidentally destroyed this kid. It was his fault, but I still feel bad that I accidentally just crushed this poor kid. Sorry, dude. Anyways, we're sitting in the the room of like the pizza and everybody you know, sit down and have your cake and all the stuff. And this, this one of the fathers just out of nowhere, apropos of nothing that we've been talking about, just goes, I hope none of y'all here are buying into that crypto bullshit. Was, <laughs> yeah. Dude, and, well, hey, who starts a conversation? Like that? Like, I, I don't know him. Half the people in the room don't know him, but we're just like, all right. And B, I'm about to make this real uncomfortable because I had spent the night oh, before man. researching tonight's episode. So I was like fucking ready to go. Yeah. But before I could even jump in, an even older father, I think it was actually the grandfather of the birthday boy, raises his hand and just goes, yeah, I got Ethereum and Dogecoin. What's up? Hell yeah. He didn't, he didn't say what's up, but he did say, yeah, I got That's Ethereum awesome. and Dogecoin. So I went, yeah, me too. I don't have Dogecoin, but I was just excited. I was just going to go with it. But That's but so I, think, I think that the guy that started the conversation – just, I think he's just regurgitating shit he had heard on, you know, pick Fox News for one, but any MSM, any TV news, everybody's making the idea of, you know, of NFTs and crypto and all of this. They're, they're trying to make it more of a joke. And I don't know why. I don't know if they're pushing a narrative or if they're truly scared of the Now, future, I definitely regardless. want to talk about NFTs. This, this, yeah, yeah. This whole thing blows my mind. It's crazy. It takes it to a next level. Again, it seems like something that I would be primed for loving the art world and marrying, you know, art with digital currency. Yeah. But the only thing is, I don't know, everybody, obviously everybody has uh, very tilted opinions about it. Either it's totally the wave of the future or it's going to be a quick hot thing and then burn. Um, You just wonder, because you do think about some of these startups. I was just... uh, talking this weekend about I saw some random scooters the you know the little like um lime or bird yeah scooters that the you electric ones yeah yeah I mean that was ever people were throwing their money and most of those companies have crashed now mostly because people got hurt on that and they couldn't yeah yeah it's drunk idiots really but it was like, like oh this is the new the new way of transportation oh, yeah. for you know like if you live in an urban setting forget uber you can just you know yeah you can ride this thing and then drop it off anywhere and somebody else will find one but, you know, so it's like, is it crazy have at a first. short shelf life? I don't know. I don't know. I, I wonder if NFTs, there's only two ways they're going to go. They're, I mean, it, for sure, NFTs are going to peak because some have already been sold for millions. In fact, we'll get to, I got some details later. So, I mean, clearly some are, are worth something. But I wonder if it's going to go the Beanie Baby route in that they will spike, be incredibly worthwhile for a minute and then go away. Or, oddly enough, the Pokemon route, which is still here. It's a it's a billion dollar franchise. My son plays it on his little Switch all the time. Like I, I don't know which way NFTs are going to go. Gabe, what, what's your just guess? Being our being our resident computer guy, what, where what is the future of, of the NFTs, man? What, what do we got going on? You know, ten years from now, where are NFTs? No, I, I think they're here to stay. They just won't look exactly like what uh, the first iteration is. 
Um, I think they'll be applied to different industries like gaming. I think in NFTs and gaming, definitely 100% here to stay. The applications will, will, will change. I mean, um, Mark Cuban already said he's going to change the Mavs tickets into NFTs, which is a freaking genius thing because with NFTs, since they're depending on how you mint them, but if you mint the NFT, um, the original creator, the minter of the NFT gets a royalty every time that that NFT changes hands. So like for Ticketmaster or, you know, all the secondhand exchanges, like they're, they're going to have to figure this out. It may, it'll change their business model, but they may, it may actually make it a lot easier because this ticket is still unique and verifiable. It's on a blockchain and uh, the original creator still gets a cut. So, I mean, the Mavs are going to love it. But uh, yeah, that, and gaming, definitely think that one's here to stay as well because there's lots of unique items that nerds will just fawn over because I want that one. And oh my yeah. God, this person made it. Um, Vance told me about a time he bought, and I'm not going to put the dollar amount in case his wife ever listens, but an, I, I called him a stupid motherfucker when he told me how much he spent for a digital knife. It's a fake knife. Oh, it just yeah. looks cool. It's like $600 strike. or something. And he spent more, bro. I was like, you what? stupid motherfucker. But it's like apparently a really cool. Anyway, <laughs> is that where you see NFTs yeah. going? Yeah, Not yeah, necessarily yeah. because right now they're gimmicky. Pictures of monkeys and stupid shit. Like, I, I, honestly, they're really dumb. So, some but, of it is. Some, and, but some of it, like they're selling it at Art Basel in Miami as really high, high-end art. People are buying uh, expensive works of art created by, you know, artists who have traditionally worked in sculpture or paint or whatever and then have moved to digital and then huh. I've, you know people are like they have these you know amazing homes with uh, projection screens and they you yeah. know, project these pieces of art and then I just saw yesterday um, this Russian ballet dancer I just got back from my ballet class hey. uh, this Russian ballet dancer that I follow on Instagram uh, she's somebody made little NFTs of her you know like 12 second videos of her doing an incredible dance move um and they're and they're for purchase and she's like a premier dancer at uh so i assume you know she's getting a cut of that but i'm like yeah it's just wild you, you so, want to actually own this corner of the internet instead of just consume it like everybody else i guess the the easy other side of that the the easy devil's advocate to play here and i've seen multiple celebrities say it i mean including keanu reeves was on a talk show and he made fun of it. he's like can't you just you know download these things or just screenshot these nfts and yada yada and, and to be fair yes obviously you can you can easily take a screenshot i mean even if like quote unquote screenshots aren't allowed i can grab a different phone and take a picture of my phone take a picture of my computer and that's fair but i would argue that I personally, right now in my phone, have a screenshot of the Mona Lisa. That is not the same as owning the Mona Lisa. And you could go that with any other artist's work. I could have a picture of a painting or a picture of a sculpture. It's a lot different than when you actually own the original copy. But the idea, and I like that when Gabe puts it that way, that the, the original minter gets a cut. Not only, do you, not only is it a real thing, it, it, my, shoot, it, if you go the sports route... The idea of like a Michael Jordan signed rookie card or something, that has no intrinsic value. You know what I mean? Like nobody, that doesn't do anything for anybody, no, just as much as a monkey picture JPEG NFT doesn't do anything. But if there's, if there's a section of people that are willing to pay for that, 
then it has value. Like that—that that is a, like the people, Ash, in your world, the dance world. I'm guessing care about this. Just because not everybody else does doesn't mean that it doesn't then have value. It's it's just a different market, I guess. Right. It's crazy. So so, Gabe, do you own NFTs or are you getting into this? Yes. So I've created one. Um, and have you really? I, yeah. Oh yeah. Because I wanted to see what the process was like. Um, a lot of times these the platforms will offer airdrops, which they've done. Um, to people who have contributed to the platform in their early days. And, um, you know, I used to um, make photos and videos to collaborate and improve my video making craft with um, local area photographers, models, hair and makeup artists. And so I used some of the footage that I had made with them and created an NFT. And, um, That's dope. Yeah, so because I, I wanted to see what the process was like, it was fun. And I mean, it was cool. It was it was enjoyable. I haven't listed it. I haven't sold it. I just kept it because nobody's gonna buy it anyway. But if I get a wild hair and Ethereum gas price gets to a uh, sane level to where Yo. it's actually good lord, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, gas prices are just fees, by the way. Like it, like uh, convenience fees when you buy shit online. That's what a gas fee yeah. means or a gas price means. It's just and right now it's insane. It's yeah. hundreds of dollars to yeah, make yeah, a three dollar yeah. purchase. It's a, it's absurd. Yeah. Like, imagine if you bought a $50 concert ticket and Ticketmaster hit you with a $300 convenience fee. Like, that's mm. right now what it is. <laughs> and they're working on... What up, Eiffel? He's been in every episode lately. I friggin' love it. Eiffel, our official podcast. But that's, that's crazy. So, okay, why do you think there is such a divide? And, and, this is, and this is... I'm willing to go tinfoil hat, but you don't have to. Why do you think certain outlets are pushing so hard against this concept? Do you have any reason? Do you have any thoughts behind that? Gabe, your face says you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, I mean, you, hey, I'm so glad you prefaced with tinfoil hat. I don't know if you can see my. Come on now. You know I've always had it on. Um, but absolutely. I mean, we, we know, um, and I'm going to go some big media bashing here. Let's do it, bro. We know Let's that do it. so many big media companies are owned by a very, even way smaller group yep. of companies. Yep. Um, and the owners that's of proven. these... Don't even... Anybody listening, that is a provable fact. Yeah, yeah. And, two minutes and find them. the owners of these companies have varying interests that are heavily, <laughs> heavily underpinned by the U.S. dollar, which, by the yeah. way, is a competitor currency to Bitcoin. Uh, yep. Bitcoin would not see it that way because Bitcoin is the fucking boss. And everyone <laughs> bends the knee to Bitcoin eventually. U.S. dollar will be included in that statement. So, so many countries' dollars. But like yeah, Warren Buffett, right? Um, he's the Oracle of Omaha. Freaking genius. But he says, his famous quote, Bitcoin is rat poison, right? Well, oh, I, didn't, I don't know that quote. Yeah, he, big, yeah, it's rat poison. That might have been his brother, Charlie Munger. Whatever, but that's Whatever. It, yeah. Anyway, they say Bitcoin is rat poison. Well, you know... Bitcoin currently has been crashing, quote unquote, to 40,000. Well, on the rank, world ranking of top assets by market cap, Berkshire Hathaway, his company is number 11. Guess what's in the 10 spot right before Ooh. it? Bitcoin. Berkshire Hathaway is being traded at like $400,000. Yeah, bi Bitcoin is worth Bitcoin. more. The Bitcoin, yeah. All the Bitcoin in, world, in the world is worth wow. more than all the Berkshire Hathaway in the world. So eat, eat your rat poison. But it is rat poison to him when you're invested exactly. heavily in a, in a exactly. different yeah. currency. Yeah. Like he's exactly. probably speaking his truth. See, that's, that's wild. Exactly what I'm saying. So they have interests that are not aligned with Bitcoin. They're opposed to Bitcoin. And then so, they make these statements and scare people off. 
So, yep. yeah. That's the yeah. game, man. That's and it's so game. funny. It's great to see these, like, big investing gurus completely 180 their stance and just eat crow. And it's great. Really? Oh, dude. So, you know the, the um, Shark Tank, uh, Kevin O'Leary, the bald guy? Yeah. yeah. Mr. Wonderful, right? Uh-huh. So, for years, he has hated crypto. He's hated Bitcoin. And, you know, he's sitting three chairs down from Mark Cuban, who is an early it. lover of, of crypto and a big owner and investor and stuff himself. And he has, within the past year, co- pulled a complete 180. He recently even said... I have ten percent of my net worth in crypto, and you should Yay. too. So he dropped he dropped fifty million dollars in crypto, if not more. I don't know what his net worth is, but it's it's probably approaching the billion. That's crazy. These are huge, heavy statements. Ray Dalio is another former naysayer, and he's very trusted in the investment world. I mean, this is this is common, but these these guys they were heavily supported by dollar, or in Kevin O'Leary's um, instance, the Canadian dollar because he's Canadian. Whatever. Yeah. But it just depends. Like heavily supported by maple syrup and leaves. Exactly. It just Bitcoin eats up the chart. <laughs> the higher, the closer people are to the U.S. dollar money printer, right? It's yeah. just eating closer and closer and closer to that money printer. That's. I. I it's interesting that you go that way. I was going to say just the idea that, that the U.S. government can't tax your Bitcoin. I think that's why at least a huge section of the MSM is pushing against this. But you, yours makes more sense. Well, These are human beings that have personal narratives. Or absolutely. It's, it's agendas, man. Uh, yeah. A tinfoil hat, bro. Yeah, so, oh, but it's so, a real thing. So, like People have agendas that protect their wealth, and Bitcoin is a threat. Literally so, everybody has an agenda. But yeah, that's crazy. So, so, so in your head, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all of these things are, and NFTs are all more or less being bundled together to hate on? Uh, I, it's easy to do that because from a technological standpoint, they, they, they all run on blockchain, you know? Yeah. Well, most, most all of them run on blockchain. Some, that's another There's topic. too many. There are too most many. Most of yeah. them. I are, did an episode and tried to list all of them and I was like, I can't. There's no. literally thousands. Oh, it's, yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. It's, it is absurd. But, oh, that's interesting. All right. So I, I really think the NFTs, I mean, eventually might be like, honestly, more important than physical art. But regardless, that brings me to this week's quiz, everybody. Get your quiz hats on. NFT quiz time. All right. Um, What year, guys, question one, what year was the first NFT sold on the Ethereum block? Oh, man, I'm going to get all these wrong. 2018? (laughs) Earlier. Whoa. Huh? Yep. Yep. Is that right? Earlier. Pre-2018. Oh, 2016? Uh, Real close. I was going to say 2017. August seventh of two thousand fifteen. The first, the first NFT termed Terra Nullius, Nullius. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If that's it. But minted on August seventh, two thousand fifteen, was the first NFT. Now then, what is the most expensive NFT ever sold? Oh, and I'm going to give you a caveat. There was a recent sale that technically does not count, and we'll circle back to that. But don't worry about okay. it. What is uh, the most expensive NFT ever sold? If you get the name, was I'm this stunned. a digital house? Was it a digital house? That is one of them. That was uh, that's actually on the list of top ten that I found. Uh, that is number ten it's, most expensive. Oh really? Okay. It's this. Yeah. It's this NFT of NFTs. It's this collection yes. of them. Oh, I forgot yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But it's a. Yes. It's, it's like one uh, one artist made an NFT every day for every a year. day. For seven hundred days yeah. or seven thousand oh, yes. yeah. days, yes. Yeah, uh, that actually this. that was the most expensive one until like uh, November 9th, two thousand twenty-one. A NFT called Human One 
was sold for $30 million by the same guy oh. as your sa- – and I would name him, but that's the next question is what's his name. So I'm not going to say him yet. But anyways, it was sold for $30 million on November 9th. However, then December 2nd – we're talking four weeks ago, y'all. There's a dude or, or a girl or a human. Pack, P-A-K, made, quote, the merge and sold that guy's – for $91.8 million. P-A-K, The Merge. But that doesn't even... It's cool looking, I guess. You know, whatever. But that doesn't come anywhere close to a guy who, and as far as everybody on the internet claims, doesn't count. An NFT named Punk9988. A dude sold it for 124000 Ethereum, which is $532 million dollars trick is though he sold it to himself he yeah, made a bot account say, he faked exactly it he, he bought it say. and sold it to himself and mm-hmm. now he's putting it on sale for one billion claiming that well it already sold for 500 million of course it's i mean it's clever but it's it's essentially techno age check guiding like the, you're is cheating it, motherfucker. Though? because it's like every, this is completely trackable it's like every, no people it's can so find that out. it's yeah. so yeah it's great <laughs> everybody on the, like all these forums that i found everybody hates this guy because they're like you cheated you cheated man blah, blah blah but it's like also if somebody else then pays a billion good for you Anyway, but, I, but can I make a point about this? Yeah, I yeah. think this is the game, and uh, we were just talking about how right now in the world, the there's just going to be more wealth separation because there is so much concentrated wealth that people are they know that this is the time to just eat up the world's assets as much as you can, like whether it's real estate, whether it's I mean, even collector's items like watches mm-hmm. and cars. And, yep. and the wealthy are just buying up all of this stuff in a way Everything. such that... And, and flipping it for insane amount of uh, profit in a way such that people who are just collecting a paycheck and, like, you would never be able You're to catch up. You're you know boned. what I mean? You, yeah, it's not... And I feel it, like yeah. that's kind of where the NFT world is right now. It's just a bunch of people who have disposable income or disposable wealth and are just eating up as much of this as they can, knowing that they're just going to flip and sell it. And then before yeah. the whole thing either crashes, if it's around to stay, that's If it crashes, story. maybe but not. You, you I, know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. 100%. And this this, this one person, uh, this artist, has already created multiple NFTs. Uh, he, the, the the guy that made Human One, the guy that made that, uh, the one that Gabe was talking about, it was like 700. Be, 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 beeple. Damn it. Yes, that was my next question. Yeah. Well played, madame. <laughs> but yeah, that this guy, he sold uh, Oceanfront, which was the house that you were talking about, Ash, okay, uh, for yes, six for yes. six million. He sold that human one for thirty million. He sold one called Crossroad at six point six million dollars. Google it if you want to. Uh, it's a picture of Donald Trump passed out, and people have spray painted like bad words all over him, and that sold for six point six million dollars. Like. I, I could have done that. And that's the thing. Like At, at, at this space, that's really funny. At this space, it's it's like the Wild West. Whoever just makes a thing, you can throw it out there, and you never know. Like it, It's truly like you have no idea. But the issue I'm finding, the only real downside so far, is a lot of artists are claiming that other people are taking screenshots of their real art and making them into these NFTs. And selling them without uh, giving the original artist credit. And making them, uh, yeah, yeah, giving them the original. Um, making a fortune, and mm. then the original artist is just boned. Like, that's, that is, apparently it happened a lot on OpenSea. 
SEA. I don't. It's, it's like an ruthless. NFT marketplace, dude. It's incredibly ruthless. This one, uh, this one uh, artist I found his web page, his personal website. He deleted everything. It's just a black uh-huh. blank because he's like, I don't trust anybody anymore. It's like I had two of these things stolen. It was a minotaur. It's not even that good looking of a minotaur. But anyways, it, it, he's like, yeah, dude, I made this. Somebody else made it and sold it for like four hundred thousand dollars. And like, I sold my original painting for like fifty bucks or whatever. He did. You know what I mean? Like, does that? Gabe, in your opinion, does that slant or skew the future of NFTs? The the idea that you can't even prove necessarily who made it. Yes, yeah, I mean it's kind of shitty, obviously. Um, I don't know if I have a good right. Good I mean, I'm not mad. You know, well, obviously, well, there, there must have to be copyright laws because I was going to say this happens in the fashion world all the time. If oh. you look at. Um, if you look at this account called Diet Prada on Instagram, they expose all of these major, major designers who literally have teams to go scour the internet for these up-and-coming designers who are making clothes out of the basement of their home, selling them online or whatever, yeah. locally, you know, wear them Instagram. And then, you know, Balmain or whoever, Dolce yeah. & Gabbana, comes through and is like that's a killer design and they just copy it and yeah. these designers try to file lawsuits and it just like you know they just good luck they have good lawyers luck. Don't. They, yeah they're huge conglomerate companies so um yeah i don't know that's it, crazy kind of, depending on where the artist is in their career yeah, yeah. i think there'd have to be some kind of copyright laws to protect them but yeah so th- they take a dress that would have been sold for 40 bucks on etsy right copy exactly. it essentially identically but put the d and g on it and now sell it for 400 4000 who fucking yeah know what I, mean? I have like, a i actually have a personal friend who tried to get their story on on that um Instagram no page because they were selling bracelets that were handmade by african women uh this is part of you know you know, they sell the bracelets for 25 bucks. They're really beautifully handcrafted, well-made. They're yeah. actually made by women in Kenya. And yeah. the women Helping in Kenya a cause, I'm sure. A hundred percent of the profits. Like this yes. is funding their, their lives and their childcare and their, you know, um, mm-hmm. contributing to them, owning their own businesses and teaching them the, you know, uh, everything that goes along with that. And uh, no lie, uh, they of course have a Instagram page and we're promoting it or whatever. They had actually seen the creator of Gucci wearing one of their bracelets in an Instagram post, reached out to him on multiple occasions through their official PR team, and said, wow, we're so happy to see that you enjoy this piece of art. That's awesome. We would love to collaborate with you and bring light to this good cause that we're trying to create into the world. So they gave them the opportunity to actually get in touch with them. And no lie, Gucci turns around, sells an extremely similar looking bracelet for $490. Mm. And people just buy them and they're sold out. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's true. And I mean, this is not the same, obviously. But it, it kind of is. It's true in the comedy world, too. Back in the day, I remember... I'm not going to name his name. A, I don't think I remember his correct last name. But anyways, I had a, a comedian, semi-friend, more of an acquaintance, but we did comedy a lot together. He had a relatively up-and-coming but pretty popular stand-up comedian steal one of his bits. The guy had come through Austin and then a couple weeks later had done a comedy, or maybe months, doesn't matter, but did like a Comedy Central special, 30 minutes back, and it was basically word for word. And I remember, you know, Carlos Mencia got in trouble for, for hacking one of Dane Cook's bits. Like, it, it happens 
probably in every industry, any artist industry, and it probably has been happening since the beginning of time. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I can blame NFTs for this. It's just the new iteration of this. It's just the next form of, of copying somebody else's art. What do they say? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah, except for give me my money, bitch. You yeah, sold that I mean, thing for you thing. sold that thing for zeros. I want those. Like that. How I feel dare like you? Jokes with you know stand up is is harder. I mean, if it's word for word, that's one thing. But it's people so hard stealing other people's material and like people are pulling from the same kind of zeitgeist of what's going mm-hmm. on in the world. So your thoughts are similarly strung together. But uh, well, and it's yeah, so easy it's to take. It's so easy to twist a setup of a joke. Like I, I could, and I used to, honestly, early on in my in my terrible days. Not that I ever got funny, but uh, back gay back when you used to come and see me or whatever, I would just I would reword George Carlin bits and just do them because like the, the oh dude guaranteed. In fact, Gabe, this I had not planned on going down this road. There's no way you'll remember this, but maybe you do. You were reading one of my comedy notebooks back in the day, and I had written down stolen from George Carlin a joke about a friend of mine who didn't exist and I said that uh, people uh, people always introduce him or whenever people reference him like yeah he happens to be black and so I wrote down a whole setup I was like yeah well his mom's black his dad's black where's the magic he doesn't happen to be anything of course he's gonna be black and you had literally read that in my car and you went, oh, that's pretty clever. And I went, hey, thanks, man. And fully accepted the gratitude <laughs> for a joke that I knew I had not written. You're I also right, I performed that, that on stage. Yeah, good. good. I'm glad you don't. But I can't believe that just popped in my head. That really happened. But that's true. It's something I did. I never got paid for it. And obviously, it, you know, whatever. I was an asshole. Well, at least you brought the comedy of George Carlin to people. Ah, the man deserves more. It is a, I mean, it, people laughed and they didn't call me out. So clearly they didn't know. But yeah, there like I go. think that. But maybe then, I mean, the, the, the security thing, not even necessarily security. The, the the copyright thing that's just that's just copyright. The problem. I mean, shit. Facebook was stolen. Like maybe like that's just that's just life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's not that crazy of a thing. Security though, Gabe. Oh, go ahead, Gabe. What were you gonna say? Because that, that face said something. This is kind of what I. Another thing I love about crypto is uh, the transparency, the provable mm-hmm. reliability, the uniqueness, the provable uniqueness about it. Um, this is provable a, uniqueness. Another. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another iteration of big guy chance to steal from little guy that opportunity i think is still there however the blockchain makes it harder uh, because you can prove back on this block on this date this is when i minted this nft i am the creator of it um Hmm. so in it gives more um harder evidence in our courts of law that defend yeah. for um for crypto so I, I i i love this about crypto it keeps doing it in different industries uh this one guy said it's a trojan horse for freedom uh alex goldstein bitcoin is a trojan horse for freedom i uh, like that he also says as human rights activists know well it can be hard to effectively promote freedom in a society that willingly sells morals out for profit Bitcoin sneaks in and rewires the system from the inside, aligning profit-seeking with permissionless financial liberation. So yeah. I think it does that in a lot of... So that's the theory I do kind of like that, that. Yeah. The digital the receipt. What if, what, if, what if that became like the, the only currency that could be used for funding political campaigns? Then you would know where <gasps> every dollar oh, for dollar I is truly that. going without hiding it. That would be, no yeah, more that these, would be revolutionary, yeah. right? No more of these political packs. No more. No more of this. I mean, it's 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 so obviously smoke and mirrors. Whereas this has a traceable start point. You can see whose wallet it was. Yada yada. That's crazy. 
So, Gabe, at any point, are you concerned about the security of your crypto wallet? Does that ever concern you? Um, eh, less, less now because you know, like like I, like I was trying to send you the instructions in the text. There's a steep Oof. a steep learning curve, right? Uh, so, <laughs> man, I tried so hard. There's two fail. sides to this question, right? Because the 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 side that you're on, and I think Ash, you are too, and that most people are on, and that I was on in the beginning. I think everybody on boards in is the side that's most familiar. It's the custodial side. We're used yeah. to having a bank. We put our money in the bank. We sign this to, you know. Whatever, yeah, sure, I yeah. authorize you to be the custodian of my financial assets. We don't know what it means. We don't care. We just want a debit card to swipe and be convenient yep. and, and have money whenever we I want, want it. I want to be able to buy shots with a piece of plastic. Thanks. Yeah. How many times have you had a very simple request for your bank and they said, no, you can't have your money? Happens to everyone for yeah. for, for the dumbest things. But um, So that's a custodial relationship. That's... That has a sense of, quote unquote, security, to answer your question, in its own sense. It's a familiar um, understanding of what financial security is or the security of my financial assets. However, mm -hmm. you have limited control in that scenario. That's kind of the definition of custodial is you're entrusting the security, the storage, the management um, the custodial activity of yeah. your assets to these people that's familiar. And that has a security and yes, it's nice to have a debit card. And if somebody steals it and uses it without your authorization, they'll reimburse you for the funds. That's great. That's part of financial security. Now the other side, the dark side, the crypto side, the self custodied side is what I was trying to explain to you earlier. That's the introduction of MetaMask, a browser wallet linked to a ledger device, which is an offline cold storage USB stick that allows the um, cold authorization and passage without an internet connection blazing straight into it to, for, from a hacker to intercept the transaction. That is security from a non-custodial side, but... Oh, there's a steep learning curve. You have to watch a few yeah. five-minute YouTube videos. Oh, no, I don't want to be bothered. I'll just sign away all my stuff to the bank. So there's the other side to answer that question. So that's what the bank's counting on. That's what the people that are demonizing this stuff is counting on the fact that it would take me maybe an afternoon to figure this out. And instead of that, I'd rather, you know, watch the game or take a nap or, you know, whatever. Because they know we're either stupid or lazy or both. And they're right. Yeah, I am both. And I would sure. also argue, though, like if you're worried about the security of your crypto wallet, there's no difference in worrying about the security of your regular bank account information. I mean, how many times has anybody had their MasterCard, debit card, Visa stolen? There's ATM machines and um, the yeah, know, those card the swiping devices blocks on the the gas yeah. stations. I mean, uh, arguably having. Um, Crypto is actually more secure than traditional banking methods. So, in but some ways, yeah, wanna, definitely agree. Yeah. We this, don't want to do it. That's America. I want you to do it. I don't so want to have to. So let me tell you a good story about this. Ooh, when hit I, me. Ash's face got all lit up. Well, when I started, um, when I started at the company that I was at for nine years and had just got into my kind of more tech-focused role, 
we had started, uh, there was a big company that was called Softcard that gave us a lot of money to develop a um, tap to pay application that was called um, NFC. It was based on NFC, which is Near Field Communication. Yeah, yeah. And this was prior to Google Pay, Apple Pay, um, which still arguably people don't use. Everybody's got it on their phones, but I don't know how many people are actually using it on a regular Not basis. Not me. It's Never still once. kind of in the adopter phase. But um, we were meant, and uh, you know, long story short, womp womp, the company com- completely failed. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't our fault. We created the application and the technology for them, but they just couldn't find a market for it. They were they had they had to get the. There was such a clash between whether um, it was up to them or it was up to the retailers to install the infrastructure, you know, because mm. like 7-Eleven's got to have the equipment to be able to take yeah. that payment or whatever. Um, but their profit that's the margins thing. Are it's like razor. if you can't get people to adopt it and feel comfortable with it, they're not going to use it. I mean, how many people's parents still like write checks for bills? Oh. Mine. I, dude, same. Oh God, I still get. People I've got in the some older store, guys. Old, those old people pulling out their checkbooks. I got some. I have some older customers. In fact, all of my coworkers do. We all have some older customers that still fax us orders. So we had to get a special fax machine that, like, as it prints the fax, it then yeah, also emails you the fax. Like, you get an you get a scanned copy. Like, it's staggering. But these people won't let it go. But that's that is uh, that's perfect. That's a perfect segue for like uh, anybody listening. If you still think the idea of crypto is is, is, a, is a flash in the pan and you'd rather your regular money, or or the idea of NFTs and you, you'd rather you know a, a canvas portrait, it, just 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 think about. That. I'm not trying to be blunt, but just you're not looking far enough ahead. Here, here's my last example of the general public not understanding the future value uh, of inventions. Last one here. The year is 1964 guys 64 gabe ashley me we are not alive our parents are possibly still in diapers like this is that far at&t unveils its new invention at disneyland california again 1960 fucking four literally it's facetime on a desktop computer they call it at&t video phone you can you can google this shit it's amazing it doesn't look great because the pictures were taken back there but anyways it people freaked out because they said it's too intrusive i don't want a camera in my phone i don't want i don't want a camera to film me while i work meanwhile i had four video conferences today today so my my point here is video conferencing right now Right now we're recording this. We've all Zoom called for work. We've all called. My, my son FaceTimes my mom on a weekly basis. Like these are, the general public is stupid as fuck is what I'm trying to say as bluntly as I can. And I am one of them. Don't get me wrong. That's why I'm doing this episode because I want Gabe to tell me I'm dumb because I want to get on board. The general public does not understand what is best for them. It's staggering to admit this, but everything I've looked up, all of these things, people hated taxis, people hated light bulbs, people hated shopping carts. People are dumb. Don't let them assuage you from what is probably the future. Like, I don't see this stopping. So we'll end with this. Where do y'all see the future of this? Do you you see a world where cash is no longer a thing? Potentially. I I can imagine it. Yeah. And just and just to riff off your sentiment, I would say follow your gut. If it's something that interests you, like go for it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. maybe buying art is not like something that you would have ever done anyway. And so maybe like NFTs don't speak to you and 
whatever, like investing, but I would arguably uh, try to vow, you know, try to encourage women to get in, in the game because there's so, there's so few of us Do um, it. who have a hand in this. So ladies, get it, girls. let's step up. <laughs> get it girls. Follow but for your real, gut. Why not? Just fo- if, if, if it's of interest to you, if you want to spend a little tiny bit of time, just, you know, play around and, and see see if it's it's fun for you. It's a, if it's enjoyable. That's my feeling if, about it. If Tucker Carlson is on TV telling you not to, ladies, don't let no man tell you what to do with your money. You hear me? Don't don't let him. I don't know. But yeah, Gabe, what what, what you got, man? Where, where do you see this happening? Like twenty, thirty years when our kids are grown, are they only using you know crypto? Oh man, I hope the dollar's dead by then. I hate the dollar. Seriously, I hate the dollar. Hate the dollar. But. Uh, Okay, so cash, wow. you said specifically cash? cash? Or whatever, yeah. Well, cash, paper, money, the dollar bills, yeah. the greenbacks. Yeah. Okay? Physically metal and paper. I'm surprised that's not gone already. Honestly, with all the race talks we've had in America, it just goes to show you that there that the interests are not making sense. Um, hmm. there, are, there are some very deeply, maybe even deeper aligned interests that are preventing that because my God, have you sat and thought about what a dollar bill is? Like have you oh, held one in your so hands silly. and looked at it and been like, what the hell are we still? Okay. It's cotton fibers. Okay. <laughs> Remember the stuff that this country was built on the back of uh, unpaid labor huh? to, to yep. grow. That's what it's made of. Okay. Whose pictures are on the front? White men. White men. Some own slaves. Any legal tender with a white man in the center. Why is this still like you? You have to start asking yourself these questions, and then you're starting to wake up. So that's. I don't see that. I don't see this leading anywhere other than Bitcoin wins. Bend the knee, you know. So seriously, I mean, it's already the the national currency of Argentina. No, El Salvador. Uh, El Salvador. Thank you. So Thank you. I was like, I was trying to scroll through my notes. I was like, I just found that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one it's of already taken over countries. Tenders. So, it's a, but it's already taken. Like, it's clearly proof of concept that an entire country can run on it. It's not impossible. Like, they, why? Why wouldn't? Why would this slow down? I don't see a reason that it would slow down. And there's you, some. Is, is, there's some issues with El Salvador's ooh, into- ooh. implementation, oh, uh, but well, it is a proof of concept. That is yes. the important part, and I agree with that. Interesting. Oh, I love it, man. Well, yeah, we're we're uh, we're pushing an hour, so I'm trying. I've been trying my best, Ash. We're trying to keep this to an hour. Keep this very. We're being very professional, guys. But, uh, but yeah, seriously, both of y'all, thank you for coming on, and I want to do this again. I, I want to keep going because I, I think there's only just big things to come with NFTs and crypto and all this nonsense. I think it'll be fun to follow. So, do you, you guys down to do this again soon? Absolutely, for sure. Hail. Hell yeah. Y'all, thank you for listening. Uh, don't listen to anybody except for us, obviously. Uh, obviously, listen to us. But don't listen to anybody else. They don't know what they're talking about. We do. Love you. See you next time. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Bye. Love you guys.